Uh, there is a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, which is considered actually uh, an umdah, a pillar, when discussing the topic of doubts. And this is a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, in which the Prophet وسلم, warns us about one of the ways the shaitan may attack us. The Prophet وسلم, said, That the shaitan may come to one of you. And he may say to you, Man khalaqa kadha wa man khalaqa kadha. He may say to you, who created this and who created that. And then the Prophet said that we answer the shaitan, we respond to him. Hatta yaqul man khalaqa rabbak. Until he says, and who created your Lord. And the Prophet at this point says, if the shaitan brings you to this line of questioning, then seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلْيَسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ This person should seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leave this line of questioning. Now this, is, this hadith on its own is a miraculous hadith. It's an amazing hadith. Because till today, when we look at the issue of doubts, the same argument is brought today. If you look at some of the modern day publications where, where they talk about the belief in God or whatever, one of the doubts that is brought when it comes to the belief in God is this exact point. And that is, well, if God created everything, who created God? That's number one. Number two, what's amazing about this hadith is the response of the Prophet The Prophet doesn't tell us what the answer is. Now my question is, is there an answer? Obviously. Did the Prophet ﷺ know the answer? And the answer is, of course. The Prophet ﷺ could have said, well, Allah has no creator. Allah is al-awwal wal-akhir. Allah is the beginning and the end. And in order for everything to exist, in order for there to be a creation, there must be a creator who has no beginning and has no end. And if you don't get that argument, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say that. The Prophet ﷺ said, leave this line of questioning. Because here the Prophet ﷺ is teaching the average Muslim out there a principle. And that is that you, O believer, O Muslim, you're not always going to have the answer to every single thought that pops into your head. You're not always going to have a response to every single thing that the shaitan whispers to you. You're not always going to have a response to that. Does that mean that a response doesn't exist? Of course not. There is a response to that. But we may not be aware of it. So just because you are not aware of the response, it doesn't mean that the response doesn't exist. And we learn a bigger principle here, a bigger issue here. And that is one of the ways that the shaitan attacks us, and that is through doubts. And the topic of doubts is so expansive because the shaitan may use doubts in so many different ways. Having self-doubt, having doubts in our ability 
to overcome is an attack from the shaitan. And we saw this come out right after the election. I remember subhanAllah tweeting like three minutes or four minutes after Trump took Florida. And I was like, yeah, it's over. And that's the point where we were all coming to terms with a Trump victory. Like a lot of us sort of were in denial and we're like, no, it's not possible. We went through the seven stages of grief, right? And there was a, finally there was an acceptance. So one of my um, methods of, of catharsis was to tweet. And so I tweeted and I said, you know what? We'll be okay because we've been through worse and we were fine. And someone tweeted me back and they said, have we really been through worse? Is that really true? And my response was, of course. If you're talking about us as Americans, yeah, we've been through worse. You want to talk about us as immigrants in, in America or, or, or a minority in America? Of course we've been through worse. I mean, let's just look at slavery. Let's look at the Jim Crow laws after slavery. Let's look at what happened to Japanese Americans when internment camps, alhamdulillah, we're not there yet. And I, oh, inshallah, we won't get there. I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we don't get there, but we've been through that. The civil rights movement, as if we identify as minorities living in America, then our previous generations have been through that struggle. So this is just part of that struggle. And actually, that's part of our, our, our identity. Every minority in America has gone through that challenge. Every minority in America has been sidelined or otherized, as Brother Hamza said. Right? We've been through it. And if you want to talk about us as Muslims, then of course we've been through it. Being tested and tried by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sunnah of Allah. Every single generation gets tested. Every single one. That do the people think that they will be left alone because they say we believe and they will not be tried? Certainly we tried those who came before them. This is the nature of our existence to be tested and tried. You look at our history as Muslims, every single generation went through a test and went through a trial. Why do we think that we will be different? Why do we think that we will not be tested and tried? Yes, maybe you as an individual haven't gone through it. And so you think to yourself, well, I've never been through something that bad, right? But we as an ummah, we as a people, whatever you identify, whoever, whatever segment of society you identify with, I guarantee you there is some test that you've been through. And that is not to bring you down. That is to give you hope. That is for you to think, when the shaitan whispers to you and says to you, you can't do it, you can't handle it, this is too much for you, you remind yourself, you say, A'udhu Billahi min shaitan rajim and you go back to your aqidah, you go back to your creed. What is your creed? Well, part of our creed is to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la yukallifullahu nafsan illa wus'aha. Allah doesn't burden a soul with more than they can handle. You know, this is a statement that people love to tweet and put on Tumblr and put on Facebook and all that. It's a feel-good statement. But that's not what this is. This is our aqidah. This is deep-rooted, firm belief. And it is in times of tests and trials, it is in times of difficulties that we turn back to our aqidah. That is what the aqidah is there for. And so in those moments, we are able to defeat the shaitan. When the shaitan comes to you and says to you, 
You can't be better. You cannot succeed. You're stagnant in who you are. You remind the shaitan of the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you. And I often say, if you don't believe in your own ability to accomplish your goals or to overcome or to be better, then believe in the ability of your creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to help you. So in our moments of difficulty, in our moments of hardship, when we begin to buy into the rhetoric of the shaitan and think to ourselves, I just cannot progress. I cannot move forward. This is me. I'm stagnant. We remember the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring us out of any situation that we are in. You know, sometimes we look at ourselves and we have already defined ourselves. And we put ourselves into these nice, nice neat little categories. We look at someone who's religious and we say, well, that's just them. That's just that person. Me, I can never be that person. A sister, for example, who doesn't wear hijab, looks at sisters who wear, sisters who wear hijab and say, well, that's just them. Like, I don't ever see myself wearing hijab. And I often tell sisters and brothers who are looking to improve themselves as well, that yes, you may not be ready right now, and that's fine, that's okay. You may not be there yet, but at least make the intention. Believe in yourself that one day that can be me. And you don't know, maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you for that intention. And we know that's one of the principles in Islam. That even if we don't, if we're not, we, we are incapable of doing an action, if we have made the intention, Allah can reward us for that. The Prophet told us that a person may sleep the whole night and get the reward of praying Qiyamul Layl for the whole night. How does that happen? Prophet told us that this is the person who goes to bed at night with the intention to pray Qiyamul Layl, but they're not able to overcome their sleep. The sleep overtakes them. And they wake up at Fajr time. The whole night is gone. They haven't prayed. But the Prophet says that Allah writes, it is written for this person as if they prayed the whole night. So our intentions are important. That we believe in ourselves. We believe that we are able to do these things with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is from our ubudiyah. That is from our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our slaveship to Allah. That we believe that Allah can help us. And have that husn al-dhan billah, to think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and not think bad. And the irony of the shaitan convincing us that Allah will not help us, that Allah will not aid us in becoming better, is that the shaitan himself believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability to forgive him and help him. Because after the shaitan disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after he refused to prostrate to Adam alayhi salam, when Allah commanded him to do so, after all of that, you know what he did? He made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Rabbi fa'anzirni ila He said, My Lord, give me respite, give me delay, give me some time until the day on which they are resurrected. And if you study the statements of the shaitan, oh, this whole time he's acting very arrogant. He said, I'm better than him. You created me from fire and you created him from clay. He's very arrogant. And then in a moment, he changes. He says, Rabbi, my Lord. Right? My Lord. Which is from the etiquettes of making dua. That we, that we, that we acknowledge our slaveship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We acknowledge the lordship of Allah. Rabbi says, my Lord. He understands that Allah is his Lord. 
He says, Rabbi fa'anzirni. And this is like a very nice way of, of speaking. He says, Rabbi fa'anzirni. He says, my Lord, give me some time. Allow me to stay alive. Why did he make that statement? Because even after disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is kufr, right? To reject a commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah is, when Allah commands him and he is in the gathering of Allah and he is, and he, and he rejects the commandment believing that he knows better than Allah. That is kufr. That is disbelief to say, I know better than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah is wrong, and this is what he was saying, by the way, that Allah is wrong for commanding me to make sajda. Even after that, he believed that Allah can help him. He believed that Allah can answer his dua. And like I said, that's the irony of the way the shaitan works because he convinces us that Allah will not listen. He convinces us that our dua will not be answered. He convinces us that Allah will not help us improve. SubhanAllah, we miss one prayer and the shaitan's like, you're the worst Muslim ever. Don't even bother with the next prayer. How many people miss a prayer because of the previous prayer? You miss Fajr and then the whole day is shot. Why? Because you wake up, you miss Fajr and then the shaitan says like, what's the point of praying Dhuhr when you miss Fajr? And you're like, Sahwallah, you're right. Right? What's the point? And then you miss Dhuhr and then Asr comes and you're like, well, what's the point of praying Asr? I miss Fajr and Dhuhr. And then Maghrib comes and you're like, wow, I've missed three prayers today. And then Isha comes and you know what? When Isha comes, you get home and your soul is craving the worship of Allah. Your soul is crying out saying, please make sajda to your Lord. And I know you felt that. I know you felt that position, that time when, where you, you are craving that worship of Allah. You need that spirituality because Allah has created you as a spiritual being. And so your soul is crying out and saying, worship Allah. And you need that worship. But the shaitan comes and says, you've missed four prayers today. What's the point? And subhanAllah, we go to bed praying none of the prayers. We let the shaitan overcome us. And by the way, the shaitan has a strategy in which, in which he works, right? All of these doubts are to get us to his main goal. Do you know what the main goal of the shaitan is? The biggest goal that he has? And I often tell my students when discussing the topic of the shaitan, out of all of his tricks, out of all of his strategies, there is one at the top. And that is despair, a loss of hope. His end game is to get you to lose hope. His name, Iblis, by the way, means, if you go to the linguistic understanding, Iblis comes from the, word, the, the verb ablasa, which means to lose hope. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, On the day that the hour will be established, meaning the day of judgment, the mujrimun, the criminals, will be in despair. Right? So his name means a loss of hope. And that is what he tries to inspire within mankind. And that is the only way the shaitan can completely win. As long as you have hope, the shaitan cannot win. Because the shaitan can deceive you, you can give in to the tricks of the shaitan, you can disobey Allah once and twice and three times and four times and five times and so on and so forth. You can live a whole life upon the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then in a moment, you can defeat the shaitan. In the moment, you can utter the words, Ya Rabbi, my Lord, forgive me. 
And in that moment, the shaitan is defeated. We can live a lifestyle of sin, day in and day out. And the Prophet ﷺ told us this. In a hadith Qudsi, the Prophet ﷺ told us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls out to his servant and says, Ya ibn Adam, O son of Adam, you can go out and commit sins. But if you call upon me, you invoke me, you seek my forgiveness, I will forgive you. And it means nothing to me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing us, the children of Adam, says that if your sins reach the sky, the clouds in the sky, and if you come to me and you seek my forgiveness, I will forgive you. In another hadith Qudsi, we hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us that he says that his servant, the servant of Allah, will go out and commit a sin and come to me and seek my forgiveness and I will forgive them and it means nothing to me. Then they will go back out, commit another sin and come back and seek my forgiveness and I will forgive them. And then they will go out and come back and this will happen over and over again. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this person can keep doing that and I will keep forgiving them as long as they keep seeking my forgiveness. The ability to seek forgiveness comes from having hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as that hope is alive, the shaitan cannot win. As long as we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability to help us, as long as we believe that if we call out to Allah, Allah will be there, then forget Trump, forget the racists, forget the bigots, forget the alt-right, forget the white supremacists, even the shaitan himself cannot defeat us as long as we have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I will conclude with one of my favorite ayat in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to mankind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to mankind Allah tells those people and, and what's, what's interesting in this ayah is that Allah azza wa jal is not referring to the pious person Allah addresses the transgressors Allah addresses the sinful people قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Say to my servants those who have transgressed against themselves. And these transgressions are sins. Notice how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still refers to them as ibadi. He says, my servants. They are still my servants. They are still my slaves. The most sinful person on the face of this earth is still a slave of Allah. They still have to abide by the laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the natural laws that Allah has, or has, has, has set for mankind whether we choose to be a slave of Allah or not, to some degree we are all slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say to my servants, those who have transgressed against themselves, not the pious people, the transgressors, say to them, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah forgives all sins. Indeed, He is certainly the all-forgiving the all and the all-merciful. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the key to defeating the shaitan. Because the battle that we wage against the shaitan is a daily battle. Daily, the shaitan is attacking us, whether it be with doubts or getting us to lose hope or the plethora of other strategies that the shaitan uses. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is a question, by the way, I get a lot. People ask the question, why does Allah, why did Allah allow the shaitan to live? If he's going to try and mislead us, 
He actually threatened to mislead us before we even existed. He said, I will mislead them all together. I will, I will misguide them. I will arouse in them their sinful desires. And I will command them. This is the type of control he believes he have, has over mankind. He, told, he made these threats before we were even alive. But Allah still answered his dua. Allah allowed him to live. People say, why? Why allow the shaitan to live if he's going to do all of this stuff? It is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the most powerful tool. And that is hope in Allah and the ability to seek forgiveness. But notice that seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins with us. Allah will forgive any sin as long as we seek forgiveness. And that is where the shaitan wants to intervene. He doesn't want us to get to that point where we utter the words. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the ultimate key to defeating the shaitan. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this victorious in our battle against the shaitan, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to revive the hope in our ummah. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to gather our ummah, unite us upon goodness. Allahumma ameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Wa jazakumullahu khaira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.